Welcome to the Proletarian Contrarian, the leftist podcast dedicated to the reevaluation of all your favorite crappy films. I'm Nick. And I'm Lewis. And uh, grab a D20, uh, roll that bad boy, and uh, pull up your character sheets, because today we're doing an episode on Dungeons and Dragons from 2000. Yeah, folks, uh, you know, get your crew together, get your party together, I should say. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Your rogues, your mages, your whatever the hell else uh, is in Dungeons and Dragons. (laughs) Half-orcs are the proletariat race of of D&D Classic, I believe. Really? They're oppressed. They're, they're, if you get into the role play side, like there's, they face discrimination because gotcha. of their heritage okay. and they're, they're looked down upon as like just used for their muscle and everything. There's a lot of role playing potential there. Hmm. Okay, cool. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Those, those are the characters I always like to play as, um, yeah. yeah so, um, this movie, uh, but we are getting us. ahead of ourselves. Uh, back to this, <laughs> back to this movie. Um, Directed by Courtney Solomon, who um, went on to direct almost nothing else after this. He did direct one other movie, I think, in 2010. Um, uh, and so I'll be fair to him. He directed two movies. Uh, An American Haunting in 2005 with uh, yes, Donald it. Sutherland and Sissy Spacek. And then in 2013, a film called Getaway, starring Ethan yep. Hawke and Selena Gomez. Oh, and John Voight, actually. Um, so... He did this movie, those two, and he's produced a ton of movies. Actually, he yeah. To to be fair to him, he did kind of par like le- like parlay this into a um a prolific producing career. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, he he's produced films by like pretty big name directors. Like he directed um Walter Hill's film Bullet to the Head, um, mm. which is pretty good, folks. Actually, you should see it, and maybe we'll do it on this uh, podcast one day. Um, and then he he did your favorite movie universal soldier day of reckoning he produced joe dante's most recent film nightmare cinema um well co co-directed film uh, it's a sure. it's a horror anthology and and dante has uh, one of the segments um but uh yeah so it's the story is interesting too cuz he bought the rights to D&D the media rights to D when he was 19 years old in 1994 Damn. yeah okay so that he's really young for that but like i guess it makes sense because in the 90s D was not what it is today right it was also not what it was in the, like the 70s and the 80s when it had the satanic panic exactly like controversy around it um right so it wasn't really doing that well this time. It had been acquired by some random company I couldn't find the name of, uh, and by Hasbro. So Hasbro bought it from some company that had bought it from ostensibly Gary Gygax and Dave Arnson, um, and he only paid fifteen thousand dollars to buy it from Hasbro. That's a nineteen-year-old just had fifteen thousand dollars laying. Or like, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm assuming he got, he got funding somehow. Somehow, like, so. I don't know. Um, all I know is he's Canadian. Um, I don't really know much about uh, his his parents or you know his his background or anything like that. But he created a company called Sweet Pea Entertainment, which is the worst name. I also know he's a fucking nerd. If he's like made it his life mission to get the D and D rights for the movie. Oh yeah, I, I have a we we have a lot of strong feelings on D and D, which we can get into in a little bit. But yeah, so he originally wanted. Francis Ford Coppola direct, to direct this movie. 
Amazing. Yeah, that Amazing. didn't happen. Uh, the studio. No, no, know, it did not. Happen. It did not happen. Uh, the studio was like, nope, fuck that. We're not paying that much money uh, for for Coppola. So he 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 then directed it since he owned the rights. Um, right. And uh, they were he was given forty five million dollars for this film, which you know that's a decent amount of change in two thousand. And honestly, for like a young guy and this is his first move direct like movie that he's directs right um it's not unwatchable it could be so much that. worse i mean and he yeah. doesn't even have like a background in i don't think film studies or anything like that like right he just right. randomly bought these rights and wanted to make a movie and not, he didn't even want to make the movie himself so it, it's it's yeah, a wild kinda, story <laughs> he kind of got like kind of leveraged into it yeah um that that said it, it's not a great movie no like it's, no it's, hence why we are reviewing it folks um yes. it has some big names in it it has some um people mm-hmm. i've never heard of and uh i doubt they went on to do much either so uh marlon wayans is in this film uh mm-hmm. and he's incredible we'll talk more about yep. him character of yep. snails yes his <laughs> name is snails my first little dnd anecdote um when i first when this movie first came out in boy scouts everyone was like oh it sucks it sucks so much and I was trying to be cool. I'm like, yeah, I hate that character. You know, that character slugs. <laughs> <laughs> the cool alpha nerd of the group. He's like, he looked at me. He's like, the character is called Snails, not Slug. Damn, that must have set you back a few years there in that group. It Jesus. did. It did. Yeah. <laughs> slugs. Um, he's one of the main characters. He's actually not the main character. There's a, a shitty main character who's kind of um the the leader of of the party uh it, the, the actor's name is justin whalen i i've never seen him in anything else or if i have uh, he didn't really stand out uh, his character's sure. name is uh ridley um and then we have uh jeremy irons is mm. in this movie folks scar He's himself he... is in this movie <laughs> humbert humbert himself um <laughs> Yeah, he's he's amazing. When he was asked why he did this movie, and his response was, "Are you kidding? I just bought a castle. I had to pay for it somehow." Uh, yeah, he, that's incredible. He he purchased a castle yeah. for being in the D and D movie, which mm-hmm. is perfection. Yeah, he purchased uh, Kilco Castle in Ireland. Um, amazing. And I saw some interior shots of it. It is exactly what you would imagine, folks. It's Hell yeah. it's it's worth looking up. Go Google that. Um, uh, Thora Birch, um, mm-hmm. who, um, you know, does American Beauty right before this, and then she does Ghost World right after this. Um, pretty crazy career. What a hell of a right trajectory. Right? That is wild. A movie that, like, she had some acclaim for, then this bullshit, and then another movie where she got some more acclaim for. It, that, ki- that kind of mirrors the trajectory of another like of of just like these years and in, in big fantasy sci-fi names because right. 1999 had episode one right which regardless of quality was a huge landmark oh like, yeah event 2000 had this movie and then 2001 had fellowship of the ring and and Wild. this movie is very much the misbegotten child of those two movies yeah i firmly believe oh for sure and and yeah that that exactly parallels thor birch's career i mean it's pretty yes. fucking wild um, we have Bruce Payne uh, as Damodar, who we'll talk about him more. He's great. He actually appears in the sequels 
to this yep. movie, which were yep. made for TV sequels, uh, I think sci-fi originals. One called Wrath of the Dragon God in 2005 and The Book of Vile Darkness in 2012. <laughs> the Book of Vile Darkness, um, there there were two uh, supplementary books released for D&D 3.5 edition, which is the edition I'm most familiar with. One was The Book of Exalted Deeds. One was The Book of Vile Darkness. And those two books came wrapped in shrink wrap and with a warning, like, explicit mature content inside because there's like new drawings and like hell yeah and, and like one of the feats is like seduction oh okay gotcha yeah 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 and and, and they they deal with more mature themes if if you should want that for your D campaign um but the the movie by all accounts is not like that it's just like we're evil characters we like to be evil and it's just like it's like pg-13 it's like, yeah so it's like, why'd mean, you name it, it definitely why did you not tvma that's for sure Ex- yeah, yeah exactly just <laughs> More, more, more D D background in my mind. Oh yeah, also, um, the, all the kids in my troop loved Damodar. All the D D kids. Um, I think one of the weapons that one of the fighters in my party had was called the Damodar blade. Amazing. Yes, that's amazing. Yes, I remember that distinctly. Um, yeah, he's interesting. His lipstick is probably the best part of his character. Oh my God, yes. uh, <laughs> his blue lipstick. <laughs> Um, then we have Edward Jewsbury, uh, Zoe McLean, Kristen Wilson, uh, Lee Arenberg, who, if uh, his name isn't familiar, he plays Pintel from the Pirates movies. Mm. Um, he's the short, uh, gross-looking... Hello. hello, Poppet. Yeah, he's the Hello Poppet yeah, guy. Okay. Right, yeah. His friend is the guy with the eyeball. Um, yeah. uh, Rigetti is the other Yes, guy. yes. Uh, he was also in RoboCop 3. I don't know if we mentioned him on the RoboCop 3 episode, but he like robs the donut shop that all the cops are at. We did mention that. Yeah. We did. Yes, yeah. hell yeah. Uh, so he's in this movie. He plays a dwarf called Elwood. Uh, Richard O'Brien, who is uh, more popular in England. It's astounding. Right. Time is fleeting. Yeah, that guy. That uh, guy. From Lucky Horror. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Tom Baker again, uh, British, uh, British mm, guy, yeah. uh, the fourth Doctor of Doctor right. Who, uh, the one with the scarf. Right. Most people know him as. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm. Um. So yeah, kind of mix of big names and completely unknowns. Yeah. Mm. Which makes sense uh, for forty-five million dollars. I mean, I imagine the majority of that went straight into uh, Jeremy Irons' castle. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> This movie was basically an elaborate scheme just to fund uh, the real-life Profion's uh, headquarters. <laughs> it's true. He really is. He It, it was an illusion spell, if you will. Uh, <laughs> real life. He cast, he cast, cast epic illusion. Um, so you are kind of familiar with D&D. You, you kind of dabble in it lately. Um, yeah. Before that, I had played it maybe once or twice in college, and the, the campaigns really just never got off the ground. But um, I played right. three or four times now in quarantine. I, the thing with D&D, I, I guess we can get this out of the way, like my personal feelings on it. Um, it's fun. I, I enjoy playing, keep like the occasional campaign, the occasional one-shot uh, I played when I was younger. Um, but I really dislike how like the direction wizards of the coast took it in like they it's so dominant in people's minds it's like it's really it's really codified a lot of um fantasy narratives that are basically contextless xeroxes of tolkien mm. and um and like michael moorcock and and that's and, and jack vance i guess but like that's pretty much it it's just like this 
it it really has established those um those tropes and those like conventions in people's minds and i don't know if that's good and like it, it's just so combat heavy and it's so like this is what you need to do like of course you need a healer in your party of course you need like a tank in your party it it, it just it's a really stultifying force at this point i think in in gaming and fantasy um and i've, I've tweeted stuff about like to that effect before like for those of you who catalog them <laughs> i do yeah <laughs> i remember <laughs> that um so yeah it, it's fun but like i i don't know how healthy it is for like creative expression of of fantasy at this point it, it, it's kind of um it's it, it's like a fossil i think at this point yeah and we really have um big bang theory to uh thank and yes. community for like the resurgence of D. and and i want to reiterate again like because i i do enjoy the occasional D game it's just it's it's become a cottage industry unto itself and that by necessity has a layer of formulaic like structure to it that kind of it, it seems at odd with the idea of like creative expression or, or like or like role play acting for a creative purpose anyway on to um the perception of the film itself um getting away from our rambling about why we're giant hypocrites <laughs> um so yeah as we said this this young young guy in his 20s was given 45 million dollars to direct this it only made back 33.8 um so definitely a flop oh yeah um 10% on the tomato meter, which is about what I expected. Mm-hmm. Um, and 20% audience score again, which is what I expected. That That's really clean cut, like a dog shit critical score and literally a doubling for the audience score. Yeah. But what is bad in this movie? Um, I guess to go with the obvious, like it, the production value, it starts off okay, but it, it like nosedives really fast. Mm. Oh, yeah. I mean, once they show anything that's made of CGI, right? Like the the dragons themselves. Um, Damodar has like a little imp thing that he carries around, right? A little demon thing, awful looking. Um, I think the beholders are okay. I don't know why. I just there's something around. I'm like, this looks okay, but they're not great. They they look passable, but like they don't act like beholders. Like this is my nerd side coming <laughs> out. Like, Beholders are supposed to be like geniuses, but they're basically like guard dogs. Yeah, movie. they are just yeah. Mm-hmm. And like one of them is supposed to be overwhelming to fight. They're like challenge rating like fifteen or something. Huh. Yeah, they don't yeah. they don't fight any in this movie. No. They just they they do a, a hitman distraction. They just throw a rock. <laughs> yeah, which is and which is fine. Like it, it, I'm not I'm not opposed to like changing the made up bullshit for for your movie, sure. but like. You you could have used like another cool monster if the point was just to be like this random guard dog. Yeah, yeah. Are the beholders like um enough of like a signifier though for people who play D and D? Like, is that they they definitely are because um I believe the beholder, if it wasn't the first monster that was created specifically for and by D and D, it's definitely the most famous one that was. Okay, gotcha. That's what I just figured. I was like, I think I mean I've I've seen it around. I've seen it in like the the D and D books, but I'm like, I, I assume this was pretty big for people. That's why they included this in here. And of course the dragons. Yeah, I mean dragons are are super universal, but like specifically for the mouth breathing nerds who love this shit, like D like 
a beholder is like the D and D monster. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. But yeah, no CGI is just fairly awful. Um, mm-hmm. I think their costumes look like shit. They look like Spirit Halloween shit most of the time. It, yeah, I, 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 this was another YouTube rental for me, and like the the definition on it was not kind <laughs> to a lot of the stuff. <laughs> um, the props are, are okay. They they get some decent like uh, locations to film in, like a chapel yeah. somewhere. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing in Prague. Um, a cool, kind of cool castle, but like, yeah. By by and large, it it my my immediate um, connection. They go to one city, the Thieves City, and it looks just like like the the souvenir section in Islands of Adventure <laughs> in Orlando, Florida. Yes. Um, the fantasy world region mm-hmm. before it became Harry Potter. Right. It was just like generic like island fantasy adventure. Um. And it looks just like that. Like, it, like, yeah. it, like there was a toy shield at one point that Marlon Wayans is like hiding behind. It's like plastic. <laughs> it's like, it's like I wanted to get that when I was twelve and went to Islands of Adventure. Yeah. No, I remember wanting everything in that section specifically. Yep. Um, I think I yep. did get like a small plastic dragon. Uh, that was pretty, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I wanted a lot of like the the fake yeah armor and 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 weaponry they had. But um, oh my god, the fucking the armor on the the thugs like the general enemies oh, awful. and the armor on one of the main female characters looks horrendous yeah. they bought it from miles of adventure actually yeah that's uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah no that that stuff's um, bad um definitely if you watch this folks which we we're not going to tell you to watch this film but like don't watch it in 1080p like watch it no, in like no. 420p <laughs> yeah uh ask me to have my parents mail me the vhs copy <laughs> that i own somewhere and, and i'll ship that to yeah, you much better uh what else we like uh the acting uh what, what's his name waylon justin waylon he sucks Justin waylon's terrible yeah he's he's okay like he has potential to be okay when he doesn't think about acting too much right like like there's a few sequences like i guess like the action sequences when he has to like do something like in addition to sword fighting sure. like like he he have to emote where he he's less bad um i just think he was in his head too much yeah i mean but he definitely can't carry the movie and he oh, he's no, much no. better when marlon wayne's character is in the same scene as him they have legit chemistry and i attribute that more to marlon wayne's than to him oh yeah oh yeah i mean marlon wayne's is actually an actor and this guy is i don't know a chump yeah like he he was in i think like when was Requiem for a Dream? Was that the same, same year? year as this? Yeah, same. I, I think oh it was filming my. at the same time. <laughs> Can you imagine <laughs> right. like, going from Requiem to a Dream to, to this. this? Like yeah. just the set. Like okay, yeah. guy's got range. He's, no, he does. I mean, he's an incredible actor. Um, you know, in all all the films he had been doing or NTV that he'd be do- he had been doing with his brothers before this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Wasn't he in White Chicks too? White Chicks, right after Hell this. Yes. Uh, all this, the scary the, movies. He's in all those. Yep. Um, or the, yep. eh, not all, but at least the first two, three, maybe. Yeah, the fir- uh, he's not in three because I remember because I snuck into that one. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that's a totally different kind of cast. But he's in the first yeah, two just, at least. Yeah, the, the yeah. first, the second one's like a direct sequel. Yeah. Is he? Does he um, get killed in the first one with a dick through the head? I. Actually, the only scary movie I've seen is three. Okay, 
So the first one is just a ripoff of Scream, more or less, Mm -hmm. and some other slashers. Um, And it follows the Scream plot pretty closely. Um, And there's a scene where I think it's him. He's in a bathroom stall in the high school and like a dick comes through kind of like a glory hole and like goes through his brain and kills him. That's incredible. Yeah. That's fucking. I sub- think that's amazing. it's his character. Hell yes. I, I could be wrong, but that's <laughs> definitely a scene in that movie. <laughs> what an actor! What a talent! Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, he he really is. He really is good. And I guess we could say like for loathsome content because we're still in this section. Um, his role is a little like kind of like shucking and jiving a oh, little yeah, bit. For um, sure. But I mean, that's not his fault, and and he he carries it well for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, they definitely should not have killed his character uh, in the second no. act of this film. Uh, we'll talk more about that soon, but it uh, yes. uh, yeah, really falls apart once he's dead. Yep. It's, uh, it's um, drastic contrast. For, for, and for, I guess, my, my biggest gripe with the movie is, like, for a property that's ostensibly all about forming a party and having, like, your comrades band together to defeat challenges stronger, like, stronger than any one of you could do on your own, um, it really follows like the traditional just hack oh there's a hero and he's on his hero's quest he's he's rising he, he's he's a nobody and then he rises to greatness like it's the most stereotypical boring like joseph campbell just like drivel that you can imagine with with ridley and um when like the template's right there for a dandy movie right like cast of characters and they all have their own little arcs and they all come together and they all, using their combined teamwork, they overcome like the challenge. It's too big for any one of them. But the the, the his Ridley's teammates in this are completely useless. Oh yeah, they're sidelined like eighty percent of this movie. Mm-hmm. In really shitty, like really contrived ways too. Oh yeah, I mean, so Marina, uh, the mage character. I, there's really no reason for her to not use magic in this film uh but she yeah for some reason she uses magic twice maybe throughout the whole movie she uses it when we first meet her and yep. then a little towards the end and that's really it uh the whole second act where her magic would be super useful we never see it she does absolutely nothing she just get, gets captured like three times um yeah it's elwood the dwarf barbarian nothing does nope. absolutely nothing never fight like he, he fights once he fights once when we meet him and that's it yeah and then and then at the end when they get captured yeah the, but, but that's yeah, it so. it's it's so dumb and then norda the elf is even more useless um her character really doesn't develop until the third act yeah no no no. um she's like a ooh. you think she's an obstacle but she's not yeah and it's just mm-hmm. it's just like so perfunctory and just thrown in there and um I forget who my mutual is, but one of my mutuals, I will shout out to, I think it's Trav B. Um, he said like this, this kind of, because I was live tweeting the movie when I watched it last night. Yes. Like th- this kind of um, mindless hero's journey bullshit would not have happened in a post Fellowship of the Ring world. And this movie came out like the year before. Right. Yeah, that's true. Um, because one of the biggest strengths of those Lord of the Rings movies is they, they do a, really good job of balancing like what like eight or nine main leads 
granted they have like a trilogy of films to do so but even in the first one they do that pretty well mm-hmm. no for sure We're, we we see it much more after that um i guess one of the only films kind of before this that would have done that would be um uh when does the first x-men movie come out is that right before this it was this year it was the same year so really yeah. there's really very little of, of a blueprint right like a film blueprint for this kind of thing but even like the idea of an ensemble film like that oh that, yeah sure that's mm-hmm. an established tradition and i'm not saying like yeah. they had to i don't know it it just needed a very heavy rewrite to give just equal weight to at least what well, like like the the archetypal D party is like a fighter a rogue a wizard and a cleric right there you have four great right. archetypes very simplistic and pedantic but that's what nerds want because that's what being a nerd is wanting to classify things into neat little boxes just and go wild with that it, it, right it, it writes it writes itself yeah and you know what there are blueprints for this like if you think of the 80s there's plenty of fantasy films in the 80s like krull like mm. that yeah. movie like literally has all different classes of, of fighter in it and like each character has his own motivations and they mm. do something important um like there's the cyclops guy Oh man! I've never seen Crow. Oh, we might be able to. I don't know. It's a little too Hell much yeah. of a cult film, but maybe it's just like one day we'll just do a fucking bonus episode where we, we review Crow, and it's it's fucking great. It's amazing. it sounds up my alley for sure. Yeah, it's really fun. Yeah. It's a fun movie. It's way better than this movie, and like it, it definitely feels like a Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Um, and really quick, the my mutual who who pointed that out was Trev Drinkwater. So shout out. We'll mention we'll mention him in the in the notes, in the uh, in the description or something when we tweet about this. But um, but yeah, just complete mis- mishandling or even like a, a two person buddy cop dynamic, like oh a fighter and a wizard, right? Classic opposites. Mm-hmm. Boom, right there. Even that would have been better. Um, although I really don't think having four main characters is too much to ask. No, but. it's not, and and it really, I mean. That is Dungeons and Dragons, right? Like yep. you play. It generally is more fun if you have more than just two people in your party. Um, so yes. it's, Although it's I will kind s- of absurd. I will say when I was playing in the quote unquote kids uh, kids group when I was like in in junior high at the local game store, I think the biggest the group ever got to was like fourteen kids. Damn, it it was not playable. We, we got through like three rounds of combat in two hours it, it was like insane it was not so so there's there's an upper limit for sure yeah yeah for sure um yeah i'm currently playing with about six people and it's like that's sustainable is that six including the dm i think so no i think that'd okay. be seven with the dm yeah that's not too bad yeah it's sustainable and like it doesn't combat doesn't get too out of hand but yeah, so this movie, should we go into the plot of this movie? <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it to it. Um the introductory voice we, we we of course start with like this introductory voiceover. The kingdom of I forget it all. Sumdal? Sumdal, yeah, in the in the city of Izmir. That's right. Wow, you actually did remember it. <laughs> yes. Well you remembered Sumdal or yes. Izmir. So Touche. Uh, yeah, so you you are not so innocent yourself. No. Um it's not too bad and it, it does end up set up like this nice class dynamic mages are the aristocracy commoners non-mages are commoners and um that's a very obvious metaphor but like it's still a class-based metaphor which is kind of neat 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they specifically say haves and have nots at one mm-hmm. point. I think mm-hmm. Marlon Wayne's character says that. Yep. Or maybe Ridley, but they're talking to. I think when they first meet Marina, the mage, yeah. they're they're talking exactly. about that because she's you know part of the because she's a mage to one of the ha- the haves. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Um. And so we're first introduced to pro propane. What's his name? Prophylactic. Prophylactic. <laughs> Profion. Profion. And, um, like he, he's so. Everyone should just look up his or Jeremy Jeremy Iron scenes on YouTube in this movie. He he just he he is swinging for the fences every oh, yeah. scene he's in. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Um, yeah. he's it's yeah. He's just yelling every every single scene he's in. Give me every ounce of your rage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was great. That was, a, that was a great little touch you put there. <laughs> Talking to this in dragon that doesn't exist i can just picture him screaming that like in an empty room you know like <laughs> profion has a has a lackey damodar who's like kind of like his darth vader figure um and he is trying to get a rod that will control dragons yeah so he makes one first and that's what we see in the beginning yes. uh-huh. and it doesn't he, work it works for like a second but then he can't control the dragon he has to kill it right um, I like that this movie literally starts with a dungeon and a dragon. It's yeah, it does. Wow, mm-hmm. yeah. it's a good looking dungeon too. Uh, yeah, in general, the sets are pretty good in this movie. Um, the one thing that would that kept my interest really was just like, ooh, what cool ne- set are we gonna see next? <laughs> it reminds me of um, going back to Islands of Adventure, uh, the the dragon and ice roller coaster dueling yeah, dragons dueling roller dragon. coaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, the line that you had to wait in to go on the roller coaster. Oh, it was a castle, right? You go through like a cool castle dungeon, mm-hmm. and like I'm like, oh, this is like I I was just getting flashbacks in in so many scenes in this movie. Yeah, yeah, that was I think there's not too many there weren't too many rides. I don't know what, what's there now. Of course, it's Harry Potter. It's Harry land, Potter world, so it's yeah. a shit ton. But that was like one of the only rides in the fantasy section. Really, it was that there was there was like a uh, an outdoor little kid like unicorn roller coaster right mm-hmm. i think i think honestly that was it yeah I, remember, I went on the dueling dragon with my dad um the rest of my family wasn't super into uh roller coasters but that was fun i i was the insanely awkward nerdy kid who liked waiting in line for that roller coaster better than the roller coaster itself <laughs> uh but yeah so the the rod doesn't work and it, it just gets destroyed so they have to kill the dragon um, and they're like, oh, we need we need to find one of the original real rods, um, right? Yeah, the the, the red the, rod of Sa- Severil, Severil, which sounds a little too close to the rod of Seville, like Jimmy yeah. Seville. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, I know. In rod of Seville, I was like, oh, that's, that was very unfortunate. <laughs> uh, Google Jimmy Seville, folks, if, if you don't know who he is. Or, uh, or don't. It's Either way, it's up to you. <laughs> I mean, knowing who he is as a cultural figure is... He was a children's entertainer in the UK who, after he died, it was found out he was like this prolific child molester. Yeah. Like, horrible oh, monster. Just so. the worst. Like, <laughs> just... Yeah. So the rod of Seville is kind it's, of unfortunate. Mm, yeah. Um. There, we do get a cool effect um, when the dragon's blood touches the river; it lights the river on fire. I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah, that was kind of cool. Um, I also like that. So after the river is on fire, we are introduced to uh, Ridley and uh, Snails, 
uh, as they overlook the river with a you know, there's a bunch of other uh, commoners who live in some doll and they're just like eh, whatever like everybody's just kind of like oh I guess that's happening today. It's just, it makes me think like this kind of shit happens all the time. And even like Snail says something to that effect, like, oh, it's just the mages yep. that doing their shit again. And if the the world of D&D is batshit insane, it, it would like collapse in an hour. Just like the idea of like <laughs> all these gods and demigods and mages and dragons and right. magical creatures just like living all together. Nope. Like it, it would just like implode. Um, but if it did somehow sustain itself, like commoners would just be used to the most insane shit. It's like yeah. it's like it's like being a citizen like Gotham City. Like mm-hmm. you get used to it really fast. Well, it's a lot like I don't know if you've read any of Terry Pratchett books, but it's a lot like uh, no, Ankh but, Mom, yeah. more pork. I think is the how you pronounce it. Ankh more pork is the, like the main city, um, and like just crazy shit happens there all the time. Uh, and like it just it's it's somehow ex- like you said it somehow exists uh, mm-hmm. and and everybody's used to it and like um, especially with the, like the guards books um, that, that, that um, follow the night the night watch um, it's just like the first one is about dragons actually and like the craziest fucking dragon shit happens and like some folks in the town are like this is crazy and some are just like eh, whatever <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> like get take a ticket there's there's always something crazy happening here yeah um yeah that that is a nice touch um. What's not a nice touch is Marlon Wayans is wearing what I understood to be a sword and sorcery version of like a, a Tupac uh, like bandana yeah. on his head. Yeah, yeah. He has this weird little thing. <laughs> I don't know. It, it looks kind of cool and it works, but like, it's like, is that racist? I think it's like, yeah. just yeah, given the black, a lot of his the character black guys. Is like, it's really a lot of just um, his characterizations, some of his lines he has to say are just like, Hmm, why, I wonder why he's saying that. And no other character right, is yeah. made to say these lines. Yeah. Um, I do appreciate that we get a, a non, like, lily white universally um, world. Yeah. Like, Marlon Wayans himself is, is black. Um, the elf character that we meet is black. Or just making black. an elf a person of color is yeah. a nice, nice little uh, screw mm-hmm. you to Tolkien. Um, I hate Ridley's sword. I fucking hate it. I hate Which his, one, the his way first sword or his second sword? Both of them. Yeah, they're both terrible. <laughs> I hate them both. Yeah, they're, they're awful. Like the grooves um, in his first sword? Or does the second sword have the weird grooves in it at the bottom of the blade? I think that's the first is, one. Is it, whatever one. It was just terrible. Like, it just, it just looks like dog shit. It is yeah, terrible. It just, it, the, the hand grip is like weirdly like molded to fit his hand. And it's mm. like, that would be so stupid and impractical. He he grabs the blade at some at some points and like not not in a cool way like yeah, yeah. in a dumb way like oh at least I'll just pick it up like this and it's a it's like a yardstick I'll just carry it's like fuck you buddy um I it's just weird that like he even I mean I guess like yeah the rogue characters and thief characters have a sword my character has a, a sword but I don't know it's just like it seems dumb it just seems dumb that like he's really good with a sword at all like where would he have an opportunity to like become a you know like a swashbuckling type i don't know it's just like it's it's too it's aping star wars too much because yeah. luke skywalker has a sword like right it, that's what it is exactly um, but even like snails carries a sword i think throughout the film and it's like why would he need that if he's just a thief yeah. like, just give him like a little dagger or something yeah or like a crossbow maybe i don't know yeah, some kind of like, yeah um they get the bread idea to sneak into the magic school to make a profit because everyone's distracted with the river or whatever. Um, and then we cut to um, 
Thora Birch being the empress of, of the realm, um, we, we get to the politics section of this movie, which yeah. is like episode one was a year before. I will say this, uh, Thora Birch is better than Natalie Portman. Really? I think so. You think so? I mean, I like Thora Birch as an actress in general. I would I say think more than Natalie Portman, so fine. Yeah. I think, okay. <laughs> I, w- I was making kind of like a hot take, but like it's she's no worse than Natalie Portman is in episode one. That's fair. Yeah. No, that's fair. And the roles are comparable, right? Like she's, she still has faith in the system and she's trying to leverage her power to like, she wants commoners and mages to be equal. And Profion is leading the contingent who's like, no mages must retain supremacy. And we get a lot of background shots of like people who are clearly D and D nerds dressed up as wizards (laughs) as the council. There's like one guy who's very Italian looking. Is he the guy that speaks, that gets a few lines? I think so, yeah. Yeah, he has lines, yeah. Because he, he looks like Jimmy Smith a little bit. He does. Heightening, heightening the Amidala He does tussle. look like Jimmy yeah. Smith. Damn, like <laughs> yes. a, a little more Italian version of Jimmy Smith. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, the, these scenes are excruciating to sit through. Um, Thora Birch is the empress. She wants the commoners to be equal. And and the more traditional minded mages don't want her to. Like right. That, that's all we that's mm. all we Yeah. That's the all we uh the set where the ma- the mages council set looks like the opening to the Muppet show. Yeah. Like, oh. Where they're all in their little like boxes. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's very good. That's very good. Um It's time to meet the mages. It's time to <laughs> Uh, set okay. the river okay. on fire. You know how you know how you do a D and D movie. You do Muppet D and D. Oh shit, that'd be so good. Kermit's a knight. Miss Piggy. You could either make her a princess, or if you wanted to make it more like feminist, she could be like a mage or like a barbarian or right. a barbarian because she gets pissed off. Yeah, she's very volatile. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gonzo would be some kind of rogue character. Oh, he would have hell to yeah. Be. yeah. He would be. He would be like a swashbuckler. Um. I don't know. Rolf would obviously uh, be a bard. Rolf would be a bard. Hell yeah. yeah. Oh my god. No, um who who's Pinky and who's the the doctor? Oh, um Bunsen Honeydew. Yeah, he they would be mages. They would be Beaker, yeah, Jesus. They would be the mages. They would be mages. Yeah, yeah. They would definitely be mages. Beaker would have like a little stereotypical wizard head. <laughs> No, this would be great, actually. Yeah. It's interesting. I like I'm trying to think if like Muppet Babies ever did a D and D episode. Like I don't think they did. I don't think the Muppets they, really ever touched D and D. They did a Star Wars episode. They did a Star Wars, yep. hmm They did actually they did a Labyrinth episode, oddly enough. Okay, that's good. Yeah. But I don't I mean, think that, it was that, a Dungeons and Dragons one. Because they're babies, so why would they play a game like that? But But you know, they could do like a knights and wizards. Like that's pretty common. I think that I think the labyrinth episode would be the closest thing to it, honestly, Mm -hmm. because it's and Star Wars. Star Star Wars is fantasy. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, that would just be so much better than uh, the actual movie that uh, we're reviewing today. Uh (laughs) So yeah, the the next cool set p or set that we get is uh, it's some kind of chapel. It's like it's like a real chapel in Prague. It must be. Um, but it looks like something straight out of Bloodborne. It looks oh, like the the ossuary, Vicar. the blown the bone church. No, it reminds me of where you fight Vicar Amelia. Oh, okay, yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because and I mean Bloodborne is ex- explicitly based. They 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 went to Prague. They are the art team, and that's oh, where they got really? inspiration. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Because so there are scenes, uh, and these scenes are, I think, um, 
Profion's lair or his headquarters or whatever that are shot in an ossuary, which is like hmm. a bone church. You could it's it's not really a church, it's like part of a church that like right. where they just put bones together in these like weird formations. Well, I I was thinking in the scene where the Empress meets uh Marina's master mage and she talks with him for a little bit. Right. Okay, yeah, that's just like they, a, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a straight up like church. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how many of those sets are like those are actual like churches in Prague or their back lot somewhere, you know. I mean, cuz the set, yeah. the sets are pretty incredible looking throughout this film. Yeah. I I think like the tavern that they go to is definitely like, you know, a back lot somewhere that they created that. Um like the elven stuff is, but like yeah, yeah some of like the stuff in some doll like looks like they didn't have to create anything so the empress goes to speak to i guess what is a head mage and he's like oh i agree with you commoners and humans should be equal um and they're they're looking for the rod too um but when ridley and snails break into the magic school that's how they meet the major's apprentice who is um marina the hot, the hot rights character of this movie yeah marina. <laughs> um, <laughs> And she's like a the other player character that I meet. She's a mage. Um, she catches them, and then she hears a scream, and of course they run off. And her mage is her mage master is is being killed by Profion's uh, enforcer character Damodar, the the lipsticked, bald uh, leather daddy yes. character. <laughs> yeah, he's extremely queer coded. Um, he really is. I was surprised we didn't see more like queer coded stuff in his bedroom because we we do eventually get a scene in his bedroom right yes. uh, and it was like kind of normal i was like where's like there should be like more whips and chains the way be, like, like a, yeah there should be more like <laughs> you know like rob halford like judas priest stuff in here like the way they coded him yeah and for the and for the year 2000 i'm surprised they didn't right do that either yeah um, maybe in the, the sequels that he's also in <laughs> oh my god i can only imagine um so yeah he kills the mage master but then marina and snails and ridley escape uh, they teleport away because she creates a, t- a teleportation portal um, with the map to find. Um, God, this this movie. They need to find a ruby, which will let them find the rod. Oh my God, that's right. I forgot yeah. about the fucking ruby. And then we get like this chase scene. They they teleport to this random street. Um, they run into a dwarf who fights off Damodar. They they meet Elwood. Yeah. And it's like the only decent fight scene that he's in. And like it lasts for five seconds. Yeah, like he just kinda like does a sweep the leg on Damodar. Yeah, because he's a fighter. And then that's like thing. that's kind of it. And then they just escape again the, into another the fucking, hole. The fucking they escape into the sewers. Yeah. The the fucking foot soldiers are so ugly and shitty and useless. They're just like, okay, put 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 like they Damodar like orders them around, and unless he tells them explicitly explicitly what to do, they don't do anything. <laughs> yeah, which is very much in keeping with D and D, I guess, mm-hmm. on a meta perspective. <laughs> but like, they wear these shitty masks. They look like um crappy masquerade masks that are, have been like spray painted silver. Yeah, they're like, kind of skeletal, armor. and they have like they have little fangs, and yeah. Uh, they escape. They go to a tavern because like that's every D and D person has to go to a tavern i did like the tavern um 
it had like a nice variety of practical effects and like yeah. practical makeup. Yeah, that works. Uh, lo- lots of people in like Star Trek style like face. Yes, parties. yes. <laughs> um, they have some cool orcs that are like a blend of CGI, but like some of them looked kind of real. I'm not even sure if it's CGI. Like I just, I think it's, I think it's costumes for the yeah, orcs. like a bodysuit kind of. Yeah, thing. I think it's just a bodysuit costume. Um, and also a very much um a very common staple in fantasy movies they have like a lot of uh real life uh dwarfs people with dwarfism yep mm-hmm. um which there should be more of that there there should have been a halfling character uh could have you could have gotten like i don't know a dwarf actor in there um right just Willow like did it replace lee Ehrenberg, right with like an actual like person yeah. with dwarfism for the yeah exactly for the the, the dwarf character mm-hmm. that's that's like a very strong tradition like you have that in labyrinth uh time bandits lord of the rings right. willow mm-hmm. it's, it's like very much a story tradition in doing this in fantasy um in the tavern uh oh god ridley and marina get sucked into the map oh yeah because because ridley as a as a rogue he knows how to use he has the feet use magic item so he's able to use the magic item and he, they're sucked into the map which is a neat little shout out to the game oh um huh. I was just like, I don't understand any of this. Why would he know how to do this? Now I understand. <laughs> because he's a rogue, and if you read the player's handbook, Lewis, you would know that the rogues oh. get the feet and use magic item for free. Um, Not anymore, because I'm a rogue, and I don't do that in my campaign. Maybe the 5th yeah, edition th- excised Yeah, that. this was more in the 3rd edition. Oh, era. okay. Um, they meet the elf character, Norda. Yeah, Norda. She's tracking them. Yeah, and and snails hits on her. Um, and this is actually brings up one of the nice things about the movie I liked. Um, he goes to hit on her, and then he turns to the bartender, and he's like, "Give us a bottle of your finest wine." And then he leans in, he's like, "Make that the cheapest." <laughs> and then the bartender, like he he like nods yes. and gives him like an okay symbol. Mm-hmm. And and that's something that a lot of people do in this movie. There's a lot of extras in this movie. And they're all probably D and D nerds, and they're probably really excited to be in it. Yeah, and they all do little things that don't interfere with what's going on with the main cast. But it's like if you look for it, it's just like cool little. They're clearly engaged and excited to be a part of the movie. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a lot of enthusiasm for it. I did like that bartender mm-hmm. character. He's like, okay, yeah. He's like, <laughs> I get, I got you. Yeah. yeah um. Yeah. And then so then Damodar storms in. And they all have to leave. Um, someone does a distraction of some kind. Elwood starts a bar fight. He, That's right. Elwood tips. He throws a chair and literally screams bar fight. Yeah. And everyone erupts into a bar. Uh, there's a great line too. Like Snails, he has to be pulled away from Norda. And he was like, that's the love of my life. I love this woman. And and El was like, really? He's like, nah, I just wanted to hit that. <laughs> I was yeah. like, that's ridiculous. Snails is really the only person who says like, you know, like modern colloquialisms like throughout the whole movie. Right. I mean, yeah, he, he's the black guy. Yeah. That's why. <laughs> cool, yeah. Um, they escape into the woods, some random woods somewhere. Ridley and Marina get out of the map, and they do a lot of exposition off screen because apparently they they learned about magic in the map from oh, someone. Yeah, it, from it's the, very like, vague. The wraith of the map or something. I can't remember what it was. It's it's it's, it's such bullshit. Like I I get that they didn't want to put too much budget into whatever happened there, but like a little. A little more showing would have been nice yeah. and literally being told that exposition. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. But then they find out what happens but, next. But, <laughs> well, the the point is they they're like, oh yeah, we learned where the ruby is. It's in this. It's in the thief city. Right. Yes. A- Antius. Sure. <laughs> it's written down in the notes. I don't remember this. Yeah. Uh, and we find that Norda is tracking them. Um, Norda the elf. Um, they go to the thief city, and we get this agonizing establishing shot of like overly elaborate in in the Dungeons and Dragons way that I really despise um, view of like this is the thief city. It's on top of a a plateau or a mesa, and it's got like this oh, really yeah. elaborate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's like it's, it looks really shitty because when we it looks overdesigned to a fault, and then when we cut to inside the city, it just looks like Islands of Adventure. Like right. I said. Yeah. Now, <laughs> yeah, and this is the film does this all the time. Like in the beginning with some doll, it does the same shit. Uh, especially like some of the like the 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 sweeping shots of the buildings in some doll. So it's bad. Like, it's so- it's not even out of like PS two era graphics it's like it's like ps graphics or like early pc it's like, graphics it's horrible or it's like the batman forever cgi <laughs> images of gotham <laughs> yeah. city those are better than this though uh, yeah they're those more are cartoony this. this is like they're trying yeah. almost for like realism it's so dumb um the thieves city it, i kind of like this it was so over the top like so many extras and snails and ridley they're just like pickpocketing yes. and stealing mm-hmm. shit like left and right it, it's like a mad magazine like parody yeah. of a thief city it's it just like they're just everyone's being pickpocketed left and right yeah. it's really snails funny. was great uh he takes a taxidermied cat at one point and then like he's just yes. like randomly petting it throughout the scene <laughs> yes he puts it on ridley's shoulder at one yeah. point <laughs> no really marlon wayne's like saves this movie from being unwatchable like yeah and then when he dies it becomes unwatchable <laughs> exactly um we get this they eventually find their way into the thieves guild and the 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 master of the thieves guild is richard o'brien um, he plays Xylus. Xylus, Xylophone. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he he's pretty good. He's he's like charmingly, horrifically creepy. He just like he's like oh, I'm a sex pest. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's just like very kids. horny on Maine yeah, for no, Marina. He, he's, he slaps Marina's ass. Um, and basically, Richard O'Brien used to host this show called The Crystal Maze right. in, in Britain, and his whole sequence is an allusion to that because he's like, yeah, I have the ruby but I can't get to it because we, we just squatted in this maze and we can't get to the center. So we need Ridley, you can go try to get it, but like you, you'll probably be killed. Right, yeah. Um, so Ridley goes into the maze and everybody's betting how long he'll last before he dies in the maze. It is a blatant ripoff of a bunch of Indiana Jones traps. Yeah, your, your classic like swinging axes and uh, you know walls that close in on you, fire trap and stuff like that. Right, um, and specifically like there's the putting your hand in front of the light shaft oh, right. activates the trap mm-hmm. which is from Raiders of the Lost Ark right and then there's the only step on the correct uh tile which is from uh the last crusade um and then the oh yeah and then the spikes coming down the ceiling which is directly from uh, Temple of Doom so right you have the trifecta there yep yep yeah. um I did like how he beats the axe uh trap like he just like jumps on the top of the axes and he swings with the axes that was kind of right. clever we, we get to see some of his like acrobatic rogue yeah. stuff. Um, this is the only scene. It's, literally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, anyway, the point is he, he beats these shitty um, mazes that are directly out of Alan's adventure. 
um, he gets the ruby. And even when he gets the ruby, the way he approaches the pedestal is like Harrison Ford approaching yep. the Golden Idol. Oh, yeah. God, fuck this movie. Um, <laughs> so he gets the ruby, but then Richard O'Brien's like, oh, well, give it to me because I, I want... I, I'm lying. There's no honor among thieves like you said there was. Right, yeah. I actually thought that was kind of interesting, right? Because, like... Um, Richard O'Brien's character is the thief guild leader. Like they have all this money and riches. Uh, they basically like you know have this whole city to the, you know uh, do whatever they want with. And um, he's he he says he says something to the effect of like, yeah, like the honor amongst thieves is like for you guys. That like makes sense for you losers. But like you mm-hmm. know for us like. You know, this is how you amass all this kind of wealth. Maybe that was implied. Right. I don't remember, but like that's what I think. I, got I think it was. It. I think it was implied yeah. more than actually stated. Yeah. But um, what is stated very much is the class uh, stratification between Marina as a as a mage and Snails and Ridley as as commoners. Um, that's like ex- explicitly alluded to throughout the movie. Right. Um, so like yeah, we we do get a little bit of class consciousness in our D and D movie. Of course, it's it's obscured by the metaphor of literal magic. But like, what is capitalism if not literal magic? It's true. <laughs> like, like what? It, what is the power of capital and wealth if not literal yeah. magic in our world? The economy's bullshit, folks. Mm-hmm. It's all made up. Um. Then Damodar storms in because he tracked them there, of course, with his useless um, Wicked Witch of the East uh, guards. <laughs> um, a fight breaks out between the the thieves guild and the. What are they called? The Crimson Brigade, I think. Oh yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't write sure. that in the notes, but yes, let's say that's their name. <laughs> I I think Snails says that one time. Um, they all fight, but then Demidar abducts Marina and escapes. Um, Ridley and company try to chase after them, but they're waylaid by Norda, the Elf Tracker, who we learn is um loyal to the empress because they talk like a magic mirror or whatever oh right right and norda's armor sucks that's probably like the worst example because she's supposed to be like a stealthy tracker but she has this crappy plastic that's supposed to look like metal yeah that breastplate is ridiculous um so bad emphasis on breast play it has nip- it has nipples it has nipples it's very it's very busty it's ridiculous yep. looking even like the, the abs have like are like defined uh yep <laughs> and you fucking logic nerds it's not supposed to be like greek armor like that's not the aesthetic they should have gone for it should have been like leather and hide or something right like would wear. yeah exactly it's 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 really out of place um yeah <laughs> it's ridiculous looking <laughs> Then they go to the next uh, set piece, which is a literal castle. This um, is Damodar's place, right? Damodar, yeah, yeah, yeah. Has, I get the impression like he set up temporary camp in a ruined castle right. or something. Mm, yeah, definitely ruins. Um, this is when we see the oh beholders. Yeah, and we also forgot that Profion had put a parasite into Damodar's head. Right, yes this little magic worm in his head to compel him to work harder to capture Marina and get the ruby. Right, yeah. So if he doesn't do that, I guess the parasite would just kill him? I don't know. It would suck at his brains or something. I don't know. Yeah. But he can use it it to suck information out of people's brains. 
because he does that to Marina. Yeah. That scene fucked me up as a kid. <laughs> um, I remember nothing of this movie um, from when I saw it as a kid. I remember seeing it on, I think, DVD mm-hmm. with my parents. And I just remember Snail's death scene. That was it. Uh, mm-hmm. Other than that, I can't tell you. I, well, now I can tell you what's happening because I watched it. Because now, but, now uh, you are telling me what's happening. Unfortunately, I watched it recently. but <laughs> Yeah, so the group sneaks into the castle or the group would sneak into the castle if they were a D&D party but Ridley and Snails go alone and Norda and Elwood don't go in for no reason they do nothing in this scene like we don't see them again Elwood is like let's go in with them and Norda's like no they must do this alone okay why sure sounds good maybe Um, could have you know kept Snails alive but no doesn't matter so yeah, they sneak around and we get um we get a little scene of Snail sneaking into Damodar, Damodar's bedroom. Yeah, he sees Damodar's like hookah pipe. He's like, "All right, Damodar." <laughs> he gets the map and he's like the map to where the the rod is and then he's about to leave, but he steps in God, what is it? Like, oh, yeah, like a rug that becomes quicksand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. That was a really cool practical um, trap effect. I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, one of the better practical effects in the film. Um, and then Damodar pulls him out, and they fight, which uh, they seems fight. ill-advised for snails. But, yeah, Damodar kicks the crap out of him. Um, meanwhile, Ridley rescues Marina. They escape, and they fight some guards, and it's really shitty and boring, and really uses a shitty sword, and I hate it. <laughs> uh, yeah, he fights that, like, one big guy who, like, I thought was Damodar, and I was like, oh, no, that guy has, like, hair. And I'm just, like, yeah, he, strange he just, there was another big guard character. He's just the tallest crew member that, that yeah. was on set that day. They slept him in a costume. Um Damodar chases snails to a dead end. It's like this ledge and he kicks the crap out of snails and he's about to kill him because he has like this wolverine gauntlet oh, in his right, right. arm. Mm-hmm. In his arm. Um, Ridley and Marina catch up and snails throws Ridley the map and then Damodar kills him. Yep. Yep. And, th- and throws him off the edge. Uh, the end of snails and then the end of this movie. Uh, as well basically it's really yeah it it just gets shitty because ridley screams and he tries to fight damodar damodar kicks his ass almost kills him but marina picks up some of the magic powder that snails had stolen uh blasts damodar and casts the teleport and escapes with ridley right and this is the second time and i think last time we see her use magic yep she doesn't use magic again no from the beginning of the film, when she uses some kind of like trap spell, she puts a rope around uh, Ridley, think, and uh, I think that's a specific spell. I'm gonna look it oh, up. Oh, really? Yeah. So she puts this rope around uh, Ridley and Snails when they're stealing shit, and then and then and then this spell, she throws powder, teleport, uh, and yeah, and I guess the teleportations she does as well. But that's that's really it, folks. Um, she doesn't. Help snails when he's about to be killed. Nothing. I think it might be called the spell rope trick. Okay. That she casts on them. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. It's a rope. Um, it's a magic rope. Yeah, fuck it. Um, 
they go to the elf city and this is kind of wild because this really reminded me of like Lothlorien from Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. Just like obviously a far shittier version of it. <laughs> but um but like for coming out a year before Fellowship it was it was like kind of str- like shockingly prescient. Yeah, it's very similar. They it's trees. They live in trees. I mean that's kind of, I mean I guess that's like in the DNA for like elf mm-hmm. characters. Yeah. But even the way some of the shots were like cuz after after they meet the Doctor Who character who's this old elf who heals yeah, Ridley. Tom Baker. Um yeah, Ridley's just like standing on a on a balcony and in, in one of the elf homes and he's talking to Marina and like the way he's looking out at the city it reminded me of like when Boromir and Aragorn are talking. Yeah, no, it is pretty similar. Yeah. Whatever. Wow, take that Peter Jackson. So Peter Jackson. <laughs> you you ripped off Courtney Solomon. <laughs> um Ridley and Marina, they kiss because they're in love. And they, they do talk about the class aspect, like the commoners versus the mages and how right, and how the empress is like the the hope hope and change candidate who wants to make everyone equal. Yeah. Marina has like no interest in like the commoners and, and their freedom, though. Like she says a few times that like she's fine with there being that division. She comes there, around there, it, to it at some point, I guess. Right? I I guess she comes around to it because um, just her character is so thin. Like I, I guess you could say she supports the Empress and wants to be loyal and believes in her words, but like doesn't understand. It doesn't become real for her until she actually meets Ridley, right? Maybe, mm-hmm. but that that's like I'm giving this this script way too much credit yeah. when I say that. She has big like gifted kid energy. She does. Yeah. Yeah, because she, she's literally a librarian. She's, like, dragged on this quest. Yeah. And she thinks yeah. she's, like, better than them all for, you mm-hmm. know, a good more than half of the movie. Um, it took Snails a sacrifice, too, for her to yeah. learn, un- unlearn unlearn that attitude. <laughs> and she looks like AOC as well. She Yeah, she does. She does. <laughs> um, Like a white version of yeah. AOC, basically. Um, God, what else... They go. They they gear up. Uh, Ridley gets his new sword, which I hate even more because it's like fancy and shiny, and he doesn't even have a scabbard for it. I don't know if you noticed. Yeah, that. he doesn't have a scabbard for either of them, right? And Snails didn't have a scabbard for his his sword. Snails did because I remember seeing when Snails was running from Damodar, it was like flapping uh, on his leg. Okay. Um, and I think Ridley's first sword had a scabbard, but his second one, it's literally like, it's like a a third the size of a normal scabbard it's just like this leather loop that he shoves yeah, yeah. into it's <laughs> it sucks it sucks so much it's, really, it's so it's shitty uh, it's like you would think for the main hero's main weapon they would get like a cooler scabbard for it at least or just and, and a cooler weapon yeah i don't know yeah i don't know it's it fuck this this movie sucks they they go to the cave where the ruby's hidden oh yeah the cave where the rod is hidden. Um, yeah. Um, they use the, he Marina, uses the ruby to get into the, the cavern. Marina, Elwood, and Norda can't get in. Right. It's and But then where does he put he, the... He puts the, the dragon ruby eye in the dragon Yeah, this sculpture. cave fucking sucks. Like, for what's going to be the last dungeon in the Dungeons & Dragons movie, it's a long cave. He falls down a slide he sees a dragon face doorway missing one ruby eyeball. He puts the ruby <laughs> in the eyeball. He goes and inside it. and that's it. He's, yeah. he's in the treasure room. That's it. Yeah, treasure room, bunch of treasure, bunch of stuff from the Orient. It's, it's, like, 
it's literally less interesting than the line to get to the dueling dragons coaster. Yeah. Hot take. It, it is less interesting than that. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah. Um, he talks yeah, to it, um, Jimmy Savile. Yes, the corpse of Jimmy Savile. Yeah. Uh, it's fittingly enough. Um, he could have been a cool mini boss for the team to fight. Yeah, he could have. Like, like, like a, a lich sorcerer right. would have been really cool. Yeah, but now he's but got nope, a cool puppet he, though. He's like, he's like suspended on this like barbed hook thing. Yeah, it's a cool look. Yeah. for sure. I, the rod is fine. Like the rod, the, the red rod. <laughs> that seems unfortunate. Just Jimmy to say that. Oh my rod. god. That cannot be the episode title. <laughs> no, cannot be. Oh. Um, yeah, it's cool. Um, yeah, it looks like a randomly generated like Im- like weapon in a, in a, like a, yeah. a video game, like something that would yeah. come out of like uh, like the Borderland games, except like a, a fantasy it's, version. Exactly. It's just like, oh shit, yeah, it's red. It has these weird loops and spikes and this. Hell, it looks like something out of the Borderland game period. Yeah. A, a rifle. A rifle from Borderland. <laughs> it does. Um, and this is where the movie starts to le- like really lose me, like the central story, because like they they try to do like a one ring thing right. with it, like, oh, it's it, it corrupts whoever holds it. But like that doesn't fit the theme of like D D, which is like, oh, get magic weapons and magic is can be helpful. It's just like a tool to be mm-hmm. used. It's not inherently bad, which is what this movie is saying about that. Yeah. And it's just wedged in there, right? Like, right at the end, it's just like, oh, I don't want to be as bad as prophylactic. Like, oh. And also, give it to Marina, because she's the mage character. Right. Like, she needs... She could be tempted because she already resents commoners. Like, that would have tied in. That would have been a source of temptation for her. Yeah. Nope. Um, Nope. Yeah, so then they go back to some doll because... Well, no. Oh, no, yeah. No, no. It's this part. Really, they go back to some Ridley leaves the cave. Right. He's like, hey, where is everyone? <laughs> where are you? Where are you guys? I got it. I got the rod. Hey, where are And he stumbles upon Damodar, who has them yeah, all captured. Yeah, he has them all captured. Uh, and then they just they exchange some words, and Damodar gets the rod because he's like, I'm going to kill them all if you don't give me the rod. He gives them the rod. But then they all escape their capture. Okay. It's 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 bad. It's not that bad because he has Marina and he has his Wolverine claw yeah. against her. Yeah. He's like, give me the, give me the rod or I'll cut her head off. And um, Ridley's like, no, I love her. So he he gives Damodar the rod, and then Damodar drops Marina and walks away to a portal that he casts. Right. And then he's like, kill them all. And then like, oh fuck. And then they just they fight off. Yeah, the they guard. just annihilate them within like a second. It, it it's it is bad because like. They were in no danger up until that no point. Danger. Like, how do they even get captured? Like that's the big question. Like how do they even get captured if they can kick the their guards asses this quick? Suck like, yeah. so much. Ridiculous. I hate. They're worse than the battle droids from episode. They are worse than the battle droids. They're worse than stormtroopers. Like they are incredibly useless, and they just look like yep. shit too. Like yep. they are just like the most like glaringly ugly looking costumes in this movie by far yep. like the garish yep. like red color of their robes is off-putting it's way, yeah it's way too way bright. too bright yeah. and, and damodar's as well and like he has like they, i think at least his has like a dragon symbol on the back and it looks like something you could make when you worked for a, a t-shirt printing place like it just like yes yes it does it's like it's, it was ridiculous yeah um 
I guess the dwarf looks okay. He his armor is like more scuffed up and like dirty. Yeah. Which which obscures how fake it looks. But then they um, they focus on his hat sometimes, and like it 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 looks the fakest. It looks like something. Oh, his that helmet I yeah, had as like a child. Like, yeah, it was. Yeah, very plastic. Bad. Just mo- yeah. I mean, mostly everything in this movie has to be plastic. I mean, you know, in most movies anyway, they are right. Like, not everything's made out of like metal, blah blah blah. But and here I think is where uh, Solomon's um, and and I I don't mean this super critically, just because I. I he, what, he was like what 25 when he made this but like his, his amateur um sensibility comes through because like if you lit this shit correctly it could look way better yeah or at least not nearly as bad oh no the lighting's awful like the cinematography yeah. is just one of the worst parts it of this does, film it's 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 not there yeah. it, no it really doesn't exist <laughs> um so now they go back to some doll because um he has the red rod and he gave it to profion and and Ridley jumps through the portal right before it closes. Right. Yeah. Um, so the red rod, I don't know if we've said what the red rod does, but it can control red it dragons. Controls, controls dragons. Yeah. Did yeah. we say that? I don't remember. Yeah, we, we did. <laughs> but what we didn't say is the city is in full-on civil war because the empress and her loyalists, she has a gold rod which can control gold right. dragons. Mm-hmm. And Profion, when he he's in his mage's tower with his loyalists and they're they're shooting fireballs and trying to kill the dragons um but when he gets the red rod in addition to that he can get the red dragons and then it's like this dragon versus dragon sky battle yeah and it looks like shit uh it looks truly bad it it looks like a screensaver from (laughs) 2000 yeah it Um, probably was um yeah I will say when the dragons and the mage fireballs hit something on set, they use real fire yeah. to get that effect. Yeah. Um, gives it some weight, at least when we get the those shots. Mm-hmm. But they repeat those shots like five times. Oh, yeah. yeah they, <laughs> That's all they, they have they, the budget they got two, for. <laughs> yeah. One explosion. Um, Profion removes the the parasite from from Demdar's head because yes. he, he, he served him well. And then Ridley jumps in, and they have a sword fight, and it's one of the worst sword fights I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It it's really bad. Horribly shot. The blocking's bad. It's just, yeah, the choreography, no, it's just not good. The one good thing I'll give it is um, Ridley does a backflip at the end, and that's how he kills. He he gets the drop on Demeter oh, yeah. to stab mm-hmm. him in the back because, like, it's like a rogue thing to do. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Um, yeah, so... I, it, it's it's a character act like a in action that's been characterized at all yeah that fits somewhat uh their swords glow like lightsabers for some weird reason yeah that's that, that that's why ridley got a, a magic sword from the elves because like that that's why his sword's shiny it's like magic yeah. or enchanted or whatever Not very stupid it's dog shit um and, and then, he's the only person who does anything in this scene i mean well he he runs to go attack profion and Profion's like, ha, you must be joking. Oh, my God. And my favorite line of this movie is right before this. Um, Jeremy Irons, he, scr- he he has a broad to control dragon, dragons, and he's screaming at the dragons. He's like, let their blood rain yes. from the sky. Like yeah. the way he screams. Mm-hmm. It's, it's incredible. Um, But yeah, it really tries to go kill him. Um, And Profion's like, oh, fuck you. He does one cool thing. He summons a staff, and it looks like 
like the way he fights with it, it looks like it's like an autopilot for him because oh, like it's a magic right, stuff. Right, right. Yeah. He just uses it one hand and he's barely paying attention. And it, I, I interpreted that as like, it, it's an enchanted thing. It can, he, it, it just fights for yeah. him, which is kind of cool. Yeah. I wish though, like what they really should have done was just like have Profion kill Damodar. Cause like, it almost seems like that's what he's going to do first. Like he, cause he zaps him to get rid of the parasite. Right. And like, I thought like, Oh, he just zaps him. Cause like he, you know, he's, He's, you know, worn out his his use. You know, he doesn't he doesn't need him anymore. He's got the or, rod, kill him, and then like the fight sequence would be between uh, Profion and uh, Ridley. Or um, he, when Damon was like, "Take it out of my head," he could have just said like, "Fuck you, buddy." And then during the Ridley and Damon Profion fight, Damodar backstabs Profion in some way. Mm, yeah. Literally anything than what happens because it's just like one fight scene it's after horrible. another, and then the the second yeah. fight scene barely. I, I mean, nothing really happens with Profion. The the three other party members, Marina, Norda, and Elwood, they all rush in because apparently they teleported right. too. Um, and he freezes them. We get some. He just we get some off we get some off screen magic from Marina. He just like swats them aside. Yeah. Well, he does like some kind of like uh, freezing spell, right? Like he freezes them in their place. Yeah, he 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 zaps them and they get paralyzed or yeah. whatever. Um, yeah. They're all lying in a heap, and then the princess or the empress who's been riding one of the dragons in like battle armor, um, she shows up, and Profion is like, "Oh nope, fuck you!" And he casts like he summons like a ghost to start like pumping oh. her. Or something. <laughs> yeah, so strange. It's like weird skeletal dragon that just like is on her back. Yeah, it, it's like not even like scratching her. It's just like yeah, it's just like laughing at her face. <laughs> um, and then Ridley's like, "Hey, Profion, you dropped something," and he holds up the the rod, the red rod. Um, and Profion's like, "You don't have the strength for it." And out of nowhere, like the whole the whole temptation of right. the rod thing kicks mm. in because Ridley has this goofy looking look on his face because <laughs> he's going to control the dragons but then he just destroys the rod yep he destroys it that's it that's it and then uh thor birch the empress uh she just summons her her dragon that she rides on that has kind of cool like saddle uh mm. has like and has bigger like spikes like, kind of a crown of of spikes on its head uh she yeah, summons yeah. that to just eat Profion. just it just comes mm. and eats him eats him and then it flies away and that's it yep. <laughs> there's, there's <coughs> sorry there's one part <coughs> when they're all just standing on the top of the tower um the empress they're all just they're all standing together watching the dragons fly away the empress looks over at elwood the dwarf and she's she pats him on the back she's like thank you <laughs> just <laughs> <the> way- <laughs> that's it like Elwood did nothing. Absolutely nothing. The Empress saw him do nothing, would have no reason to say that. It's just like, yeah, thank you. Like, yeah, yeah you're, wow. oh, that's good. We're all friends. Great job. Cold star for today. It's, it sucks. Um, yeah, then we have a little bit of an epilogue. They're all at Snails' oh grave. Um, and they're like, oh, we're gonna, we got to get over to the Empress's coronation ceremony or like, I don't know, whatever, knighting ceremony. Ridley's really, going to be yeah, knighted. Really's gonna be, yeah. That's right. Ridley's going to be knighted. Um, I do like his outfit here. It's a it's a black leather version of his standard outfit. Yeah, yeah, it's very Witcher. Uh, it, mm-hmm. it, it it totally fits on on Geralt of Rivia. 
And then the most baffling part of the Sardi Banking <laughs> movie happens. I forgot um, about this. They they stand up and they're all ready to go off to get the reward, uh, the four of them. And then the wind blows and there's like magical sounds in the air. And then the theme music swells. And Norda, who's an elf, so she's like magical. She's like, you've all, your, your friend, Alunda Snails, is waiting for you. Right. Like, he, he, it's time for the next adventure. And she's like, you have a gift. Don't question it. And they all put their hands in the center. They do like a one for all and all for one thing. And they all turn into magical energy, dust, sparks, and they all blow away in the wind. And they, they, they zoom off into the sunset. Right. Well, they do have the, the, uh, the, the red dragon eye. So they took that from the dungeon and they put right. that on Snails' grave. And then that started to glow. And hence, it, it took them somewhere. But it's, it, why? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if this was like a really half-assed allusion to like the the meta narrative nature of D anD D, like oh oh the the players playing these characters are on to their next quest, right? And and, and that's why Snails is waiting for them. Because like the, the uh, player, no, I mean, they just really wanted Snails. to have another movie. It's just a cliffhanger for another movie. <laughs> like, I don't know. It, it it's so fucking baffling. Like. The the best and most generous interpretation was what I was saying, right? Yeah. Like the like, oh, we're out to, we're off to our next adventure as players playing a game, right? Like, that that is nowhere to be found anywhere else in the movie. Yeah, it's not like I mean, so much media now when they do like a D and D episode of of a show, like right? They they're they're playing the game and then like you know if it's an animated right. show, like you'll you'll see them in their character forms, right? Like you know. Yeah, playing out the game, it, but it's not that. Like we never talk about players. No one nope. opens like the D and D handbook or anything like that. So I mean, I get it. Your your generous read is is what we usually do on this show, yeah. but it's it's just a little too generous this time around. <laughs> so I have one quick writing suggestion that would have fixed this movie for the a lot for the better. It's if Sna- obviously Ridley died, but Snails doesn't yeah. because because Snails looks up to Ridley and wants to be like him. Right. So if Ridley had died during that part, Snails could have spent the third act trying to live up to his memory. Yeah, pretty simple. Wouldn't yeah. Um, my my Galaxy Brain idea to do a and d movie is to have just one dungeon and have a bunch of, have three or four separate parties of adventurers try to get to the end of the dungeon and each one fails and dies, but the next ones get farther and farther. And for e- you only have like four actors, and they just are in makeup for dif- and, and they all play like four. They all play different characters in different parties. Ah, uh, gotcha. Okay, yeah, I like that too. And that, yeah, that would be like a cool way of incorporating that meta aspect, right? Because like, oh, it's they're really the play. Like, don't say that they're the players, but just like, oh, like nod to right. it in like a subtle and way. And you can make it an anthology film too. Like, you'd have different directors for each new for party. Each party, exactly. Yeah, Joe Dante. But, I mean, if you're listening. <laughs> That would have been great. <laughs> that would be great. Joe Dante could do one. Peter Jackson could yeah. do one. Like just, <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, this this movie is halfway promising start. It it really gets off the rails in the third oh, act. Yeah. For sure. Um, so workers of note, uh, I just want to highlight some individuals who designed the sets and who dressed the sets. Um, so just put random shit on the sets. Um, so we have David Baxa, set designer, Richard Kalaska, set designer, Stuart Kearns, uh, senior set designer, then Martin Kotek, set dresser, 
Martin Kubrick, set dresser, and Tomas Levick, set dresser. Again, uh, this has a pretty cool, um, the ones that are created and the ones that they just got from, you know, Prague places. They just, whatever locations they found in Prague. Um, right. Yeah. It, just like check out some Google images or something. I don't know. Don't watch this movie. <laughs> and watch the Jeremy Irons clips, yeah. honestly. Yeah, um, yeah like this movie is trashy but like D is trashy too yeah and i think I, I think a lot of nerds were just pissed that like yeah the movie falls apart in the third act but i think they were more pissed at the poor production mm. oh yeah i mean just like outside of these sets i mean the production as we've said throughout is just is atrocious yeah and and that's what D is right like D is trashy and goofy so just embrace that don't try to like elevate don't try to elevate it to like the Jackson Lord of the Rings level, right? right? Yeah. No, I think if everything was like a little more cartoony, I think if they would have like, if it would have been a more comedic film as opposed to just having like, you know, one character for comedic relief, um, if right. they focused on more practical effects for like more monsters and things. Um, yeah. It's just they are going for a little too much realism. Way too much, yeah. And and later on, when they tried to do shit like the Book of Vile Darkness, like for a D and D movie, it, it came out on like Sci Fi yeah. Channel. <laughs> and you're doing the Book of Vile Darkness, which is a which is like a book on how to torture and rape characters. Like like it has rules for that. Yeah. It's like that there is going to be some level of disconnect here, and just make it goofy, make it more like the D and D cartoon, right. and less like yeah. Don't try to make like Game of Thrones like atmosphere. Yeah. No. Because uh, they fail at it miserably yep. in this film. Yeah. Uh, closing thoughts. What's your broke recommendation? Um, for normie people who are curious about D and D, because honestly, this is how ninety percent of adventures and campaigns are like. Um, you're kind of railroaded onto a shitty plot, and you do some uninspired combat, and then you poorly act for a little bit, and then you go home and you wish you did something else for two hours. <laughs> Yeah, just and and there can be little brief moments of levity and fun, but that's not most of the case. Yeah. Um, our woke recommendation is for people who prefer the role playing aspects over the combat aspects of pen and paper RPGs. Um, mm. This film really doesn't have a lot of combat, um, not a ton of action sequences, and the role playing bits. Uh, you could say, you know, the 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 parts where actors are playing roles. Uh, at least for Marlon Wayans, are good, uh, and at least for Jeremy Irons, yeah, um, interest interesting, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, if that's if you, that's your thing, then watch this movie. But if you like fight scenes and the combat in D anD D, then I don't know, don't watch this movie. My galaxy brain bespoke recommendation is for if you have any, um, kind of like alt right curious or Deus vaults. Uh, prepubescent or teenage young boys that you know um, who are inclined to like fantasy and stuff like that um, show them this because <laughs> or show that uh, they would hate this movie but the idea of a soci- uh, class stratified society based on the haves and the haves nots because magic as a metaphor um, I think that could plant a seed in their mind that like 
class stratification is based very much on um on who has power and who doesn't yeah yeah no definitely um yeah this might maybe maybe show them like the riff tracks of this movie (laughs) (laughs) or or the the mystery science theater 3000 of this movie yeah yeah make them listen to this podcast uh (laughs) yeah um yeah so that's uh dungeon dragons from the year 2000 um, they're trying to make another Dungeons and Dragons and the rights um, are back with uh, Hasbro and Warner Brothers again. So in 2015, Sweet Pea Entertainment sued Hasbro and Warner Brothers because Warner Brothers and Hasbro had a, a script written. They had some screenwriter write a script and uh, Courtney Solomon was like, no, I still own the rights because I made these two sci-fi original movies. But Warner Brothers and Hasbro claimed that because they were made for TV movies, they didn't count um, in the in the um, terms of the original contract. Uh, but they actually they settled in court, and yeah, Warner okay. Brothers is is able to make a new D and D movie. So yeah, apparently that, that's still happening. Like I, I know with with quarantine and everything, like who the fuck right. knows what what's going to happen tomorrow much less in like a more a longer time time frame but yeah i don't know it it is going to be crappy it it is going to be a something with like game of thrones level seriousness oh, for but sure. like a, but it's going to be like oh there's a half lane and there's a magic and there's not going to be any levity to it and it's going to be it is going to be mm-hmm. shit it, it's going to be aesthetically what a lot what a lot of nerds want right but that's why it's gonna suck yeah no it'll just be indistinguishable from the rest of like fantasy products that have come out in the last decade right like it'll it'll be a lot like the warcraft movie most likely (laughs) yeah yeah or the shitty conan right it's Um, it'll be awful i mean it's it's really nothing there will be nothing unique about it um no. but, but except like you said like just the the mixture of different uh fantasy tropes that'll be really it and maybe again like a beholder it's gonna be yeah it's gonna be so shitty like i i guess maybe just because it's like in the eth like in the ether uh, the cultural ether out there like they might incorporate some of the meta aspects to it because community had that episode right. where they play D mm-hmm. so like if they lean into that it could be something at least interesting but i i can't see them doing that they're just gonna play it straight it's gonna be like generic fantasy yeah you know what we should have done we should have reviewed the film mazes and monsters uh starring tom hanks (laughs) that's one of his first roles yeah it is if not his first if not his first yeah Yeah. um but that that is i'm fascinated by that movie it's it's like a satanic panic the the movie is like a piece of propaganda that postulates dnd will drive you insane and and make you try to blow up the World Trade Center. Really? I really had no idea what that movie was about. I just knew he was in it. It was D&D. It's, it's not fantasy. It's it's like drama. Amazing. Um, Tom Hanks and and his friends play... They can't call it D&D, so they call it Mazes and Monsters. And they get so wrapped up in the, in the characters. Like, it's, it, it affects their schoolwork. It affects their social life. And Tom Hanks goes off the deep end and really believes he's a paladin. And he stops having sex with his girlfriend because he's taken a vow of chastity. What the fuck? Yep. And he, he, I'm just going to read from the Wikipedia because I, I, he travels to New York City. Um, he stabs a mugger because he thinks the mugger's a monster. Amazing. Um, 
his friends deduce he is equated the mystical two towers with the twin towers of the World Trade Center. <laughs> he believes that by jumping off one of them and casting a spell, he will finally join the Great Hall. And he's about to jump off the top of the World Trade Center, but then they stop him by using the game's rules. And then he 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 goes to a mental facility and he's there for the rest of his life. What the fuck? Yep. That's incredible. Okay, folks. So pretend that we reviewed that movie instead yes. of this movie. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The movie starred at 26-year-old Tom Hanks in his first leading film role. Damn. Yep. Wow. Was it theatrically released or was it just a TV movie? It was made for TV. Yeah. It was, I thought it was made for TV. It was adapted but from a novel of the same name by someone named Rona Jaff. Not real um, person. She was a novelist and she wrote for Cosmopolitan. Um, Psyop. Yeah. Th- I mean, th- there was a real life case and it, uh, this will be the last thing we touch on before, for the episode because this is a long one. Um, this guy named James Dallas Egbert the third. <laughs> Egbert? Egbert. Egbert. E-G-B-E-R-T. Holy Egg- shit. Egbert. <laughs> the third, which is a D&D fan name if I've ever heard one. <laughs> um, Yeah, he was at the university, the Michigan State University, and he used to go urban, explora- urban exploring in the steam tunnels Fuck yes. of his dorm, and he disappeared. Um... That's it? He just disappeared? He wrote a suicide note and he disappeared and he was super into D&D. And so that oh. like led to the media frenzy of the time around D&D. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know what, folks? Let's bring it back. Let's bring back the satanic panic because yes. it's, a, it's like it's a good diversion from the coronavirus bullshit. All right. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. The... Playing D&D will make you incel. It will make you <laughs> suicidal, and it will uh, make you be a Satanist, but not the cool kind. No, not the cool kind. I want the news to pick up on this story. I want the news to just talk about what we've talked about in the last five minutes of this podcast. <laughs> oh, my God. Mazes and Monsters is available on Amazon Prime. Shit, why don't we do we, this movie? We, ha- we have That'll be our next one. We have to do this movie. <laughs> All right, folks. In the near future, we'll be doing Mazes and Monsters. Uh, not Probably not next because we do have a pretty, I think, incredible slate coming up. Um, I, I, I've tried to pick movies that don't suck from here on out because we yes. want to um, have fun and not hate ourselves. <laughs> Correct. Um, but yeah, I guess um, that was D&D. Um, play RPG pen and paper tabletop games if you want to but just understand the limitations especially the wizards of the coast properties um but yeah i don't know that's all i got yeah um you know there's there's a ton that like don't really involve combat at all um i I saw a list recently on io9 not to like plug a website that's kind of trash but um they had an article about like role-playing pen and paper games that aren't combat heavy and and ones that just don't involve combat at all so like if that's something you're interested in um kind of you know some uh, an alternative to the the kind of stayed stuff like this uh check it out Mm. or just like i don't know read a book do anything that's like i don't know 
Do something else with your life. <laughs> That's as good a note to end on, end on as any. Uh, do something else with your life. Yeah. Listen and, to podcasts. Uh, Listen to ours. Go back. We have 72 other episodes. Jesus. And on that note, I'm going to go do something else with my life. I will <laughs> see you next time, folks. <laughs> see you next time, folks. Time for bed. Break. I don't like this. Whoa! What's happening? Whoa! Where are we? Look out! Fear not, stranger. Barbarian, magician, thief, cavalier, and acrobat. Avenger, the force of evil. I am Dungeon Master, your guide in the realm of Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons.